Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. We're excited about being in the tournament. Uh, we understand the scarcity of these opportunities. We don't take that for granted. We also take a great deal of pride of being representatives of the AFC North in this tournament and, and the other representatives of the AFC North. Uh, in this tournament. we got a lot of divisional pride. Uh, we believe the the, the the tough battles that are on display week in and week out as we push toward this tournament in terms of sorting out the AFC North really hardens us for this tournament and positions us for this tournament. I'm sure Baltimore and Cleveland feels the same way. Um, but at the end of the week, man, all the talking is going to stop and it's just going to be the play. And, and, and that's how it should be. No one says it quite like Mike Tomlin, Kurt, and that's what it should be. That's what he said. That's how it should be. Put the talk away. Let's play some football, some playoff football. And you have to appreciate the scarcity of being able to watch cover and root for your team in the playoffs, as Mike Tomlin would say, Kurt. But, hey, welcome to the second season, my man. Yes, thank you. It's it's good to have another little more football going on, you know, it was nice not to have to worry about wrapping things up. And, and last week didn't have to be a, a high-pressure game like it was for so many teams. But, man, I'm, I'm ready for some playoff football now. There's no doubt about it. And the draw for the Steelers ends up being interesting on so many levels. It's another game with the Browns, the team you just played. So it'll be a third game with the Browns at Heinz Field. And the Browns, of course, are dealing with just all kinds of COVID issues, Kurt, including the head coach, Kevin yeah. Stefanski, who you know, he was one of five members who has tested positive for the Browns. But, I mean, he's one of the best young coaches in football. He's the play caller. So he's among them. They, they lost one of their top offensive linemen as well. So, I mean, the Browns are going to be shorthanded. But I think, man... The Browns, their facility is shut down right now. There's talk. There's no talks like the game's going to get moved. It's the playoffs, so they're not going to start jeopardizing teams' like preparation if they win a playoff game. They're not going to give them a short week on the back end of it, right? So this game's not going to get moved. They're going to play it. They're going to play it without their head coach and without their play caller, without one of their top offensive linemen, and who knows if more will come down the pike here. So just a wild, wild storyline. What do you think about this? Well, and I think that's, I think you touched on the, the biggest key in this is what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, we, we, whenever this kind of thing happens, it's already happened to Cleveland once. I mean, this, this happened to them in the week leading up to the Stevens game. You know, they had a couple of guys test positive and then pretty soon you had some close contact stuff and then you had another guy test positive. So, I mean, this is only Tuesday. So, there has to be, you know, you almost assume there has to be some more fallout from this on the Browns end. Um, I know that, you know, the, the starting left guard, Batonio, you know, tested positive. Who's he having meetings with? You know, who's his locker mate? Seriously. You know, where, you know, where's the next, next domino going to fall once they do contact tracing today? Cause they do the, get the positive test and then they do the contact tracing and let's see who's next. 
are there going to be any other coaches involved in this with Stefanski being the, the positive test? You know, right now the offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt's going to be the, the sort of interim head coach for the week. But, you know, I, that's the biggest thing is, you know, this is, it's too late to move games. And I know the league has said that if there's a concern about more spread, they can, that gives them the option. It's, it's never about um, having enough players available. That's, that's kind of never been the league's stance on this. It's all about safety. But you can't move a playoff game. I mean, how do you, how do, you do that to a team, the team that didn't violate, you know, so I know we're going to play this game on Tuesday, and then they have to turn around and play on Saturday the next week or something like that. I can't just do don't it. think there's any way they can do it. Can't do it. No, and I think when they yeah. – there was talk, remember, talk, there was talk earlier in the season about them potentially trying to figure out, like, playoff bubbles or something. You know what I mean? They were going yeah. to try something like that. They declined to do that because of the virus. They thought that might actually – a bubble might actually lend itself to further spread if that bubble gets – you know, compromised. So they go away from the right. bubble. So this is this is where we're at, Kurt. They're not going to be moving this ball game. And and I think no. you know, at the end of the day, it's an advantage for the Steelers. It is. This is an advantage for the Steelers. Kevin Stefanski, he might be the coach of the year. Uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, that award's going to exactly. be announced eventually. The Browns are in their first playoffs since 2002. And it's largely because of him and yeah. his leadership and his play calling. So no doubt about it. A uh, a big time loss for the Browns, and and as you mentioned, Alex Van Pelt calling the plays. A guy the Steelers fans probably know well, right? University of Pittsburgh grad, yeah. Uh, yeah, former quarterback, guy, for, yeah. yeah, former quarterback for the Steelers. So he's a guy that yeah. the Steelers know well. So maybe he'll, you know, throw the Steelers a little assist here and suck at calling the plays. Well, Who knows? And Stefanski has has really kind of brought that team together. I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of big personalities on that team, and a lot of guys that. You know, when you look at like what Mike Tomlin did when Le'Veon Bell was on the team and Antonio Brown, how he kind of held that team together, that's kind of what Stefanski's done this year with Baker Mayfield and, and Odo Beckham Jr. and, you know, you know, people like that. I, not having him to prepare, you know, to help prepare, um, cause we don't know. I mean, I know he tested positive. We don't know how sick he is. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Is he even going to be able to participate in meetings this week? Um, is how much how much of the game plan is he going to be involved in? We don't know. Um, you know, usually the only only way we really ever find out about people who test positive, you know, how hard it hits them, is if they go on social media and talk about it. You know, you hear about a positive test, but you never really get much insight on how sick they are um, unless they decide to share it. So who knows where he's going to be in this? And he has done such a good job. I give him a lot of credit. I mean. Having been a Steelers fan my whole life, you know, the Browns have been the butt of a lot of jokes over the last 30 years in the NFL, and a lot of it has to do with their head coaches. And so I, I give Stefanski a lot of credit for what he's done this season. And, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't imagine. I mean, I know that for Pittsburgh, you know, somebody asked me today, could you imagine if Mike Tomlin were were lost for this game? And I just don't know what they do. I mean, I don't know what they do if, if they put Keith Butler in charge of the team for a week. I just I can't imagine the, the, the team would respond. So I'm sure Cleveland's in a, in a similar situation without their head coach. Well, to figure that out with the facility closed right now, as it is, on, you know, and trying to figure out how to get your team ready to play Pittsburgh, I just, I just don't know how you do it. I mean, that's, that's such a tough spot for the Browns, and uh, it's probably nobody's fault. You know, who knows? I mean, no. every, every image I've seen of Stefanski is wearing a mask. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows how yeah. it happened, but it, it's a tough blow to the Browns. But anyway, 
The Steelers yep. get to play the Browns again, and you were actually pretty encouraged, it seemed, on Twitter and, and reading your stuff on the Steelers wire, Kurt. You were pretty encouraged about how the team played with Mason Rudolph out there playing quarterback. Oh, yeah. What tops your list on what you saw against the Browns here in round one and you, that you think can help the team here in round two coming up? I just love the amount of energy they played with. I love the fact that on defense, you know, even without arguably two of their three best defensive players, Everybody running to the football, closing on the football. Um, you know, Nick Chubb uh, should have had a better game than he did against that defense. Without, without you know, Cam Hayward and without T.J. Watt, he should have had a huge performance. But you saw guys, Avery Williamson fly into the football, Marcus Allen fly into the football. You, you have to appreciate in a game that didn't really mean anything to the Steelers how hard those guys played. And on offense, to see them, you know, you, you, you got to give Randy Feeker some credit. You know, he came out and he didn't hold back. And he he gave Mason Rudolph the playbook and said, "We're gonna we're gonna throw the football. We know you got a big arm. We know you've got a strong arm. We're gonna see what you can do." And it paid off. You know, 315 passing yards for Mason Rudolph against a team fighting for their playoff lives. You know, they, they protected Rudolph. The offensive line held up pretty well. Um, some lapses in there. Still couldn't really run the ball when they, even though they, I feel like they really did try to run the ball. Um, but I think that's a problem that they just can't fix this year. I think that's a, a personnel issue that they yeah. just can't correct. Yep. Um, they, they just, the tackles are just marginal run blockers. I think without, even without Pouncey, if you put Pouncey in there, I'm not sure they're a whole lot more successful than they were with, with a, with a, a backup in there. Um, I just, I don't think the run game, uh, you know, we saw it. The best run game they had was putting Josh Dobbs in running the zone read. You know, he had 20 yards on two carries. He led the team in rushing. So you're not going to fix that, but I just love the fact that there was so much intensity by the rest of the team. You know, they they knew they didn't have their guys out there. Alex Highsmith had another really good game. Um, You know, you just saw, you know, you see defensive tackles fighting each other on the sidelines because they both want to go onto the field. Um you know, you get get two young guys slapping at each other because they both think they're supposed to go in on a particular play. Um, just a lot of energy, you know, a lot of energy in the secondary. They had to rotate guys. You see Sean Davis, who the Steelers had picked in the second round several years ago and then released him, and he came back out there getting the start and playing pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I, it was, I, th- I thought the game ended great. I was probably happier about the game than a lot of Browns fans were. Yeah, no, um, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I think a lot of Browns fans looked at that and said, "Really? Yeah, two point win. Come on, we only beat the Steelers reserves at home by two points. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100. percent And there was a lot to like. And I think going into the game where Ben Roethlisberger's not starting, you didn't expect a lot, right, Kurt? And they come out there and right. they give you something to be encouraged about. And they actually, you know, we've been ripping the team a little bit for their lack of creativity and stuff like that. They've become, they've become so predictable at times on offense that the defenses are saying they know exactly what's coming. We've been talking about that ad nauseum over the last few weeks. And you hit on it. I want to get into that more. The Steelers introduced a new wrinkle that I just loved. I thought it was really entertaining and fun. It's something the defense has to, you know, think about and prepare for and will they bring it back in the playoffs i want to talk about that a little bit here coming up we'll also get into the second (laughs) this rematch with the browns one week later but first (laughs) here's some sports betting advice we'll be right back it's that time again for the line of the week 
the inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. The wild card round is here. We have six-game playoff slate in the NFL this week. Jeff, I can't wait. We're going to tee up the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. BetMGM Sportsbook has this pegged as a three-and-a-half-point line. Baltimore Ravens, road favorites, plus 100 to cover and win by four. Yeah, I'm on the road favorites. I'll lay the three-and-a-half. They're better on two sides of the ball, uh, special teams and defense. They have a better coach or a more experienced coach with a championship pedigree. And I don't see Lamar Jackson going 0-3 versus the Tennessee Titans. I want the Titans. Plus three and a half. That's too big for me. They can keep this within a field goal. Derrick Henry coming into the playoffs in excellent form. Ryan Tannehill, an excellent season. And two great receivers there in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Titans stay within three. I'll give the winning edge to the Ravens. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Kurt, you mentioned the uh, Josh Dobbs package, and I freaking loved it. I loved every second about it. It was fun. It was something different. It was a new wrinkle, and it was pretty productive, right? He's, they're doing those little shovel passes. They got him running. They got, yeah. you know, they got him throwing. He's, he looks like a guy that could help them, and I don't know if they're going to have enough time to really install that thing and actually use it in a playoff game, but I hope they do. We've been talking about their run game. It's struggled. Their short yardage stuff has been just terrible. You got a guy in Dobbs who can move around a little bit, which is the opposite of Big Ben. Big Ben at this stage in his career cannot move. So you just bring in this entire new dimension and wrinkle when you bring Dobbs in. There's not a lot of film on him. I think there's an opportunity there. The question is, is Tomlin going to use it in the playoffs? I think there's a chance, right? There might be a chance, but I don't know if I'd hang my hat on it. But what do you think? Was it just gamesmanship? I mean, was that simply the coaches coming out and putting that out there? So this week the Browns have to watch film on it. They have to dedicate time to it. I fully expect them to have Josh Dobbs in uniform on Sunday. They're going to put him over there on the sidelines, and that that is just going to sort of solidify – that Cleveland has to be prepared for that. I don't know that they'll use it. Decoy, I, but it's it, yeah. It could that that whole thing could have just been one big decoy intended to force Cleveland to just take up time and effort to 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 practice for it. You know, they they've got to spend some defensive reps this week defending the zone read. You know, because they, they we saw it. I mean, that, that twelve yard run that Josh Dobbs had. I mean, that's a play that. That he can get on anybody. You know, he's a good athlete. He's a, and he's probably a better thrower than people give him credit for too. Um, he he didn't look great throwing the football. He had, a, you know, other than the little shovel passes. Yeah. But um, you know, maybe maybe that's the the wrinkle they have this week. They bring him in and they let him throw the football out of that instead of running it. You know, there's a lot they can do with that. Even if you only put him out there for two or three plays. Um, those could have huge impacts. You know, Tomlin, Tomlin talks a lot about possession downs, winning on possession downs, third and medium, third and short types of situations. That's your, that's your answer for that. 
you know, that's where you come in and you bring dogs in and you, the defense can't commit to, to, to the run or the pass. They can't commit to Benny Snell straight up the middle. And maybe you, you get a couple of first third down conversions and get some first downs that you wouldn't have gotten if you just had been out there and spread them out and gone five wide and tried to throw that slant. Um, and the defender jumps it because they know that's what's coming, right. and you have to you have to put away. I, I think it's great. I, I tweeted just before the game. I said, you know, I really hope we get to see Josh Dobbs do some zone read. I said, I probably won't happen, but he'd love to see it. And then they brought him out, and I was like, oh, vindicated. Finally, they're doing something original with the offense. And I just hope they're not teasing us, Kurt, as you hinted there. I hope it's not a deep I play. I hope not I because there is, there's no way a Steelers fan – wasn't watching that thing and going like, yes, thank you. Like something yeah. different, yeah. something creative. Like how many times have the Steelers on a third and one lined up in a power formation with Benny Snell or McFarlane or someone back there and just run the ball into yeah. no one, right? Run the ball into the center's yeah. ass and lose a yard. Like we see right that over and center. over. Yeah, exactly. Right into the center's ass. Like we see that over and over and over. To go. And now you've got Dobbs in there and you're running jet sweeps and motion and he's, he's running yeah. the football. He's shoveling it off. He's, you know, all that stuff. Yes, please. That is a good little wrinkle. And they've been see- – and I don't know if they've had it installed. So my hope, my wish, Kurt, and I don't know if this wish is going to come true, but my hope is that they start to fine-tune that thing and expand it and add that to the game plan yeah. and make that a thing. I don't – I'm not convinced they'll do it. But that's my wish. If I had a wish, I'd be like, the Dobbs oh. thing sticks around and we see – Big Ben either line up wide as a wide receiver and like a wildcat look, mm-hmm. or just or just leave the field on some third and short. And if they and if they win this week, that just compounds it for whoever they would play next. Because at least Cleveland saw it last week. The team that they would be playing the next week, whether it's Buffalo or Baltimore, um, they will have no they'll have no work against us. So they'll have to work even harder to prepare. Yeah, I think I think it was a great addition. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you. I really hope they use it this week. Well, I know Tomlin's a big fan of the show, so hopefully he's listening. And, Mike, you just keep that in the game plan. We're, <laughs> we're enjoying that thing. That's good. We, we like to see the Steelers exactly. be dangerous on, on short yard situations. That's, that was a good little thing. Yep. That, was a, that was a good little change. Uh, for the game, the Steelers are six-point favorites at home in this ball game. And for me, Kurt, with all the issues going on with Cleveland with COVID and they don't have their coach and, I don't know, I, I think anything under seven points in this game, I'm – I'm hopping on the Steelers. I really, I really like this line. If it stays around six, six and a half, I don't see how you don't back the Steelers there. I mean, you got to look back at early in the season. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh beat Cleveland at home, thirty-eight to seven, early in the season. I mean, it was the worst loss of the year for the Browns. Yep. So yeah, I, I'm definitely on board with it. I mean, I think you have to take a lot more from that game than you do last week. I mean, last week was was kind of a you know a one off because of the the roster situation for Pittsburgh. But yeah, I think that I think Pittsburgh knows how to defend Baker Mayfield. The fact that, that he got out of that game without any turnovers was pretty remarkable. I can't imagine he's gonna do that again this week with TJ Watt and, and Cam Hayward back on the field. That he's gonna go and play that clean a game as he did last week. That was a he only he didn't throw for two hundred yards, but you know, his feet kind of beat people um last week a little bit and it kept him from making mistakes where maybe in maybe in another situation if he's contained he's got to throw that ball and force it so yeah i'm i'm good with six i think i think that's a pretty 
I'm, I'm probably I'm probably going Steelers and give them six at that point. Yeah, I would say lock that in. That 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 line's available at a lot of books right now. Lock it in before it moves because <laughs> I think it could climb over seven points uh, eventually. Yeah, by tomorrow, who knows yeah. what it's going to look like? Yeah, as if if another couple key Browns players end up on COVID list, like come on, like it, this line could move. So lock it in. It's six points. That's a good that's a good little wager there. And I actually like we talked last week, Kurt, about the Steelers being a dark horse in the AFC. And I, the, if you look at the futures bet, I mean, the Steelers are plus 2,200 to win the NFL championship right now, meaning a $50 bet on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl would pay out $1,150. So, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, the odds are long that they will come out of the AFC, but I don't know. I feel like they that might be some of the best value on the board right now as far as a futures bet, $50 to win $1,150. Like that's that's pretty good, yeah. and I think the Steelers who that's were not bad. yeah I'm not, I'm not much of a gambler, but that <laughs> I think I think right now the gap is just so wide between everybody in Kansas City it makes it makes it seem like that. But Agreed. yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, but that's a that's a pretty small investment for a pretty big payoff right there. Not too bad, right? There's value, and you think about it. I mean, the Steelers have beaten half the AFC <laughs> playoff field: Browns, Titans, Ravens, yeah. twice, Colts. They've beaten half the teams. It's just the Bills and Chiefs, yeah. right? So if they can get to that AFC yeah, title game. Bills. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You get to that AFC title game, all of a sudden those odds are a lot tighter. They're not going to be t- plus 2,200 anymore. I promise you that. So I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was just kind of a fun one. But um, what are you looking for? What's your key to the game, Kurt? What's what's the key for the Steelers to uh, move on in this one? I, I, I like the matchup for them. I, I do too. I think the biggest thing is is they got to forget about everything that happened last week. I think they have to – you know, I think a lot of those guys went off the field pretty pretty hyped about the idea that they played it so close. I think you've got to put that aside, and you've got to focus on beating this team this week. I think they can, you know, this is, that's where Mike Tomlin's job is going to be really important this week, is keeping guys focused, making them understand that this, this is a 10-win football team, guys. This is another playoff football team. This isn't, you know, the regular season, like he said in, uh, in his press conference today. You know, this is a single elimination tournament at this point. I think if, if they can come out and play with the energy they played with last week and, and focus on the idea that this team, this, this Browns team, probably won't play as bad as they did last week, but you've got to play as well as you did last, you know, as well as you did. You know, we're plugging starters back in, and, and the goal should be to win, but you can't take for granted because you, you only lost by two without your Hall of Fame quarterback and all-pro center and, and defensive player of the year and all that, that you're just going to walk in there and, and, and run it up on Cleveland. That, that, that could be the worst thing that could happen. If they get too caught up in – because you know that's what everybody's talking about. Even Colin Coward says the Steelers are going to roll up on the Browns. <laughs> and so – If you got Colin, then, yeah, you you're right. You're, you it, might be yeah, too big for your britches. It's scary. With, yeah. When Colin Coward says the, the Steelers are going to roll up on the Browns, you know that the media is going to be on board. <laughs> you just can't can't let that get in your head and, and take anything for granted. You, there's there's been too many highs and lows this season um, to assume anything. You know, if if I'm Tomlin, I make sure they rewatch that Bengals game and say, look, this is what could happen. You know, this is this is what happens when you're overconfident. This is what happens when you assume things are going to turn out the way you want them to. Um, and just, just, you know, stay on plan. The, the last, it was so great to see them diversify the offense last week. You know, let, let Roethlisberger get out there and run the no huddle. You know, he's, his, his quarterback rating is the highest in the league out of the, out of the no huddle. 
and and just just play your game. You know, it's it's. I know we can dig into X's and O's and things like that, but it's really not that complicated. They have, they have more talent. Just play like it. You know, sometimes it's really it's really not that complicated. Just go out and play hard, and and don't make mistakes, and and you can win. And I think that that should be Tomlin's message to them this week. It's less about X's and O's and more about just go out and play your game. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. It's, they've, been, they've missed the playoff two years in a row. You know, this is a this is a gift to be back in it this year. Who knows when they'll make it again? If, if Roethlisberger decides to retire, I don't know when they're going back to playoffs. So don't don't take this one for granted. That's a great point. I love that. And, and I didn't want to say this at the top of the show. I saved it for the end because I don't think this is the lead by any cha- by any means. But we talked about Mason Rudolph. He went out there, had a pretty good day. You know, post game. He and Miles Garrett coming together, you know, kind of pat each other on the back, kind of burying the hatchet a little bit. I thought that was a good look for both of them. Mm-hmm. Good look for Miles Garrett. I, good look for Mason not blowing him off. Like, good job. Like, I like that. That was good. Definitely. That's what I said. Very classy move by both guys. You know, and the fact that Miles Garrett went and found Mason Rudolph to do that says a lot about him. I think that he was – he was still coming under some fire. I know not within Cleveland, but outside of Cleveland, there was still, you know, a lot of a lot of bad things that had been brought back up over the week before. I was guilty of it too. You know, we all wrote about the old incident. We all we all talked about what had happened. So yeah, I thought that was great that that he went and found Mason Rudolph, told him great game. Um, you know, see you next week. You know, I, I thought that was really good. I think it kind of shows the the fact that. This really, that whole incident didn't matter to him. You know, I think a lot of people looked at all sort of the aftermath of that event and kind of felt like it was all just sort of damage control for Miles Garrett and, 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 you know, covering his own butt a little bit. But I think that you look at it now a year later and I, I felt like that was pretty genuine. I, I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, it was a good look. Good luck for all sides. So that's where we'll leave it. We're moving on to the second season, Kurt. It's time for some playoff football. I'm looking yep. forward to it. I know you are. So, hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. Maybe we'll have more Steelers playoff games to think about. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping, too. Catch us next week on the Steelers Wire podcast. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.